0: It's around the house. Wood floors that a pet can pee all over it, and it's a pre-finished wood floor. And I say, don't believe that height because it is impossible to build a wood floor that will be 100% pet proof because you're gonna have areas where the floor's cut, you're gonna have areas where the finish didn't get around, the tongue and groove correctly, or that you dinged it up during install, and it will have a problem and you're relying on the finish all the way around the product to do that. So don't buy the hype on a pet-proof wood floor. Go with something that's a, a vinyl or a tile. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there's a lot to know, but we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., your source for everything home improvement, healthy home, Construction design, everything to do with your house every single week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline, how are you?
1: Hello, everybody in radio land and podcast land.
0: You got it. You know, I learned something this week. As a child of the 80s, I always thought, you know, you'd go to the store and maybe when you're just 21 or me, maybe slightly younger, you would get that MD-2020 drink yeah mad dog mad dog,
1: dog did you realize
0: that that's actually not the name of it is not mad dog morgan Ooh. david 2020
1: are we dating ourselves like do people even know what mad dog 2020 is
0: i hope so i so i hope everybody had that low point in their life when they were drinking that
1: well you can google that yeah. all you youngins google Let's mad go. dog 2020 yeah,
0: mad dog 2020 you'll find it easier than even finding md 2020 so, fortified wine, if we want to get technical with it for everybody that's not in the country that doesn't know what we're talking about. But it is it the, uh, the drink. We'll never have him as a sponsor, but it's the drink of the homeless.
1: <laughs> we called it the drink or the beverage of field parties back in the day. Oh, we could yeah, party at somebody's house, it was oh. party in the woods or the field. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, today we've got a different subject. We're not going to be talking about MD 2020 anymore, but we are going to be talking about decks and dogs, dogs and decks.
1: Oh, two good topics. You're a pet owner. Yeah. You've got quite a few pets. Yeah.
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about, let's start out with dogs first, because, you know, we are a dog family. We've got three at the house. Um, and now Julie has sworn not to bring any more home and not to get any more puppies because we've got our hands full with the three that we've got now. And uh, we've got two younger ones and one ancient little dude, but Mm -hmm. we have decided to, you know, three is enough. Three is more than enough. And when we eventually, when one ages out and we go down to two, we will probably stay at two. I don't just because that's the way it is. You don't believe me.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. But if you saw a cute, like, puppy in need that was really desperate, I think you guys would do it.
0: Uh, I think we'd find a really cool homeowner that would want to have a, be a new pet owner. Yep. That'd be me. (laughs) Yep. Calling you up going, you know what you need, but I wanted to talk about really today dogs and homes and how you can make your home and everything around you more pet friendly and easier to navigate.
1: And it's key. I'm researching something right now. I want to know how many Americans have a domesticated animal in the home.
0: Well, we're not talking pigs. We're not talking miniature horses. I'm just talking dogs today, though. But when you talk dogs, it's interesting. You know, one of the first things we did when we moved into the house is we put in a dog door through the side of the house. So, you know, like many homes, we have a a small yard on the side, right? That side yard. Mm -hmm. So what I did because I wanted the dogs to go outside, but I didn't want the whole big backyard where we were going to have to go around and and go do the poop collection around it. So we took the side yard, fenced it off completely with a six foot cedar fence and put a dog door that goes right out to it. I built a little doggy deck and a ramp that goes down and I built a side door. So no matter what time of the day or night, the dogs could go out and go to the bathroom. And so she- if we were gone for hours on end, they could go outside. No one had to let the dogs out.
1: So I'm going to throw a tidbit fact out. 90.5 million families own a pet, according to the 2021-2022 National Pet Owner Survey. Almost wow. 100 million people have a household pet. That's cool. And we're in
0: a fairly temperate climate, so I just did the, like, the dual flap magnetic door. And... With the dogs that we have, someone's not going to come crawling in that because they'd get a surprise of two big dogs. So I'm not worried about that. And I'm also not worried about a skunk or a raccoon or something coming in in there because, again, they're going to avoid the dogs pretty well. So it's kind of in my neighborhood and the way I've got it protected. It's not an issue.
1: I'm going to throw a caveat in that, though. Okay. My girlfriend's got three dogs in this beautiful home. I mean, it's gorgeous, immaculate home, and they developed a rat problem because of the dog door. It's the only logical way these rats got in.
0: Sure, sure. And there's a solution for that, which we'll talk about in a minute. The other thing I did on the side, because we have all this rain, I put down artificial turf out there. And by putting artificial turf in that, it's much easier to clean up. I don't have to mow it, or I don't have to worry about it just being all like, you know, cedar chips or things like that. So yeah, it's really nasty. easy to clean up. So Not into the cedar I did do chip. a, I did a wood chip around the border because I didn't take that all the way up to the edge. So I did that around the outside just to kind of use that as a, a good way to keep it smelling good out there. And then you can replace the cedar chips a few times a year as they break down and it ends up going well, but it's a good way to manage letting your dogs outside without making a huge mess of your yard. Cause It's nice to be able to go out and do stuff in the yard without having to like be navigating landmines all the time.
1: So is there a preference? So two, I've seen two ways to do this, right? So you can do it with a fence and you can do wood, you can do metal, you can do all kinds of consistency of fence to keep animals in a designated area. Or how about the electric fence? I mean, so, so many people use these. How do you feel about them personally?
0: You know, here's the thing. I like the, 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 the hard cedar fence for multiple reasons, one, I'm going to keep many animals out of that yard that I don't want in them. So someone else's dog, someone else's cat are, are much less likely to come over that fence. There's a hard barrier there as well as anything else. Skunks have a harder time getting over there. Any of those other rodents have a little bit, there's a barrier that they have to fight to get over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm. I like that. So that's one of the things that I do like with that. The versus benefits the to a fence. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, is if you've got your animal trained, your dog trained for that fence, and you've got a power outage or the collar runs out of the battery and you're not managing it, that can be a problem. So, yeah. And they're pretty expensive too. But I mean, not that a cedar fence isn't. I like more of the hard barrier. You know, to I would not have to agree.
1: I think you convinced me. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a pet owner where I have to have a structured area outside, but that makes yeah. total sense to me.
0: So that works out pretty well. You know what I mean? I'm uh, that one. I'm excited about. It's really. It's it, it. It works out well for me. And I mean, today, like for instance, I walked out my door this morning, heading out, and I'm like, "Ah, there's a skunk in the neighborhood." Yeah. And we have had really bad luck with skunks at her last house. Cause there were so many skunks over there and we're going to have to go out to break in a second, but more than once with our previous dogs was I in there on a day that I had a lot to do. And Julie went to work. She tried to bring the dogs in cause they got sprayed by the skunk. Uh, she went to work. She didn't even get sprayed, but because she had touched the dogs with her hand, it's over. they it's sent done. her
1: home from work. <laughs> That's called bust out the tomato juice.
0: Oh, yeah. And even the tomato juice doesn't work that well. The uh, <laughs> oh, We no. found that the, the Nature's Miracle skunk enzyme stuff worked the best. But, Wait. oh, man, it was That's brutal. Cool. It was brutal. That happened twice. And I'm like, I want to move out of this neighborhood like it's called because, Use a
1: fence. Like an actual well, fence. Well, I had a fence, a
0: fence. And they were still getting over it over uh, a tree, we think. So it was bad. All right, and we come back. I've got some more tips on dogs inside your house as well. We'll do that just as soon as around the house returns. Why? on the house show where we talk home improvement every single week thanks for joining us you know caroline you brought up we're talking dogs and decks today and we've been talking dogs here and we'll get into uh, some decks in the next segment but you brought up an interesting point with dog doors that go outside whether it's through the wall of the house like mine or where some people put them through a door or even get the ones that go in kind of that don't work well in a sliding glass door you can get rodents right that yep. fly through there and you had a problem with that at one yeah, of your absolutely.
1: and it was an immaculate home it wasn't where there were food sources or things that they were coming in for so it was a clean environment but they rats decided they were going to come in in this rural area and make a home in this beautiful palacious house
0: and that's Mm-mm. and that's not good so there's a solution for that and uh There's a lot of different brands out there. So you can do your research and this isn't by any means a commercial because I don't have any one of these, but they make high-tech pet solutions is a good one. High-tech pet products. They have a really high rated powered door for dogs.
1: Amazing! How cool is that? This is so high-tech. You got to describe it though. Give a description.
0: So basically you put a, a collar on your dog or cat even and what happens is, is when the dog gets close to it or the cat, even the door automatically opens up and dog can go running this out. This is too cool. So it's, it's kind of like cool. the
1: glass doors at the bank that just automatically open for you as you approach the door. And then close, see, AI technology.
0: Except this is, ve- this is very Star Trek-ish where yeah. it goes up
1: and down. Smart <whistles> technology. Look at that. Does it for you.
0: That is a smart way to go. And I was just like. You want to see them? Go over to like chewy.com or one of those places, and you, you get a, a pretty good selection of the different ones. But uh, highly rated 400 bucks, and I will say it will be more more cost effective. Many other solutions 400 bucks can save you a lot of energy, or if you're dealing with a lot of different things that are, um, you know, road. The related. only
1: caveat I had to this when we were talking about it was how fast it could potentially open. So, I have a lot of friends who have pets who have been chased by coyotes and other animals. And so, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it works pretty quick.
1: I got to check it out and see how fast it will open. Maybe I'll have
0: to test one out at my house, though. Mine's working really good. The other thing with mine is it's makeup air, so it works out pretty well.
1: Yeah, you need that. You need some (laughs) extra CFM coming in.
0: (laughs) Gotta have a place for the CFM to come in. It's one of those things if I go put in a high-tech pet door, all of a sudden I'm like, dang it, now I got to put up a makeup air system. So it's going to cost... Makeup air. You got it. (laughs) It's going to create a whole other problem, right? It's just like, oh, no. (laughs) So I'm going to have to be really careful with that. So that's one of those you go, huh, okay. One problem causing the next. So that's one of those. So now here's another thing that I really liked. I want to talk about inside your house. If you've got dogs, I am a staunch person for luxury vinyl plank, tile, any one of those floors. I have hardwood floors that are finished in place, which are good. I don't recommend the engineered floors out there where they are a plywood floor and you've got the planks that are put together that are pre-finished in wood. Mm -hmm. Not a fan with with, uh, pre-finished wood floors with pets because no matter what, you've got an area around each one of those planks that can let, you know, dog, urine, pet urine, go around that, and then it'll get in and discolor the floor under the finish, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Cat pee is notoriously a problem. From smell to odor to staining, once you get it, it permeates a structure, and I don't care, it could be concrete. That is very almost next to impossible to get out.
0: Your best bet's almost using enzymes at that point and patience. But it's tough. Now, here's the thing. There are companies out there that are saying that they have pet-proof wood floors, that a pet can pee all over it, and it's a pre-finished wood floor, and I say, don't believe that hype. I agree. Because it is impossible to build a wood floor that will be 100% pet-proof, because you're going to have areas where the floor's cut. You're going to have areas where the finish didn't get around the tongue and groove correctly or that you dinged it up during install, and it will have a problem, and you're relying on the finish all the way around the product to do that. So don't buy the hype on a pet-proof wood floor. Go with something that's a, a vinyl or a tile with a good epoxy grout or a similar sealed grout and go that route. Do not do a wood pre-finished floor, in my opinion. It just doesn't work well.
1: Yeah, or you go with a traditional wood floor, and you know you're going to be resanding and redoing every so often.
0: That's what I did at my house. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm putting on a killer finish, and I know three or four years down the road, five years down the road, I'll be redoing it again, which I knew I'd be doing some changes to the house on that floor anyway in that. So it was like, this will be perfect, and it's done really well. So I sure can't complain about the dogs running around and, and chasing each other.
1: So just to recap, we've got a fence. You need a good fence. You need mm-hmm. a dog door or animal door. I'm going to say animal because people have multi-pets. I've got something I'm going to throw out there. Um, okay. Because we're talking smart technologies. Have you seen Litter Robot? Yes. This thing, I mean, look, we're talking. you talk dogs, but I'm going to talk cats because I've got a lot of friends. I don't have a cat, but I know a lot of people who do. So this thing is amazing. And if you don't like to scoop litter and you're lazy about it, and obviously litter is one of the things we worry about. It causes all kinds of dust, debris, you know, Uh you can get all kinds of bacteria. So there is a thing called the litter robot. So if you're into smart technology, AI, all that kind of stuff, check this thing out. It's like a little house and it goes in, the cat goes in, does its business and it scoops the litter for you.
0: How cool is that? That's crazy. My best. My best little robot is not having a cat, so.
1: (laughs) But it's odor control, self-cleaning, Wi-Fi enabled, and multi-cat friendly. So this thing can house, like you can have, if you've got multiple cats.
0: Well, here's one of the technologies that I have. We have um, our little white rescue dog that Julie got before we even got together, who's now, what, 14 years old. He is this little white fluff ball and we have called him, he's getting older now, so it's better, but I always called him El Chapo because (laughs) he could escape out of anything. He would escape. He would, he would jump before Julie and I got together. He would take a dive off of the second story balcony going (laughs) between the rails of the balcony Land in the bushes and take off.
1: No way. Yeah. He just wanted to get out. So that's He's a
0: runner. He was always a runner. And <laughs> he came out of L.A. as a runner. He was a, a a found dog down there. So this dude was just always doing that. So I got, and I love this thing, the Fi Smart Dog Collar. So Look what's cool thing. about it, it's a, it's a dog collar. And uh, F-I is FI, and it's uh, tryfi.com, so try fi.com. These things are awesome. This is how you create something that's going to really stop that. You're going to be able to track the dog anywhere. So you buy it, and you can go anywhere and see where that dog is. And so uh, I can turn a little light on it with my phone and literally go track them down within a couple feet and it's yes. pretty cool.
1: So what if he's running? Does it have like like radar where it tracks it's, him? Through yeah, the field?
0: It's GPS. Yeah, it's That's checking awesome. him all over the place. It's <laughs> awesome. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk Dex. We're going to do that just as soon as around the house returns. You guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm going to show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Welcome back to the Around the House show, where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Hey, just make sure if you want to track us down, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com, and you can message us there, or you can check us out on any podcast player out there where you can hear the show, including our midweek special every single week hey caroline we were talking Hi, and we
1: are not we are not your grandfather's home improvement show we are not
0: we are this is not your typical call-in home improvement show where we dive in and get you a little bit more information for that next project or even just information that you're trying to figure out and plan that next project so you know we're coming into decking season right where everybody's like all right my deck made it to the winter or it didn't, and I have got to do some upgrades, kind of like you've got to do, right?
1: Yeah, I've got a whole deck. I've torn my deck off. It's been off now for COVID, and it is going to be rebuilt this year. Nice.
0: So Done. what I did, and, you know, if, if you're a listener to the show here for the last couple of years, you heard that I had built the cover over the top of my outdoor kitchen and I made it waterproof. And there's a couple different ways when you've got a deck that you're trying to waterproof so you could do something underneath it or control water from coming down there. One way is uh, Trex has a way to do it, which in my application wasn't going to work because you know how you, Caroline, you have deck boards and there's that gap between each board.
1: What this does- So hold on, back up for our audience that don't understand this concept. If you've got a deck that's up on a second story, And you've got this area underneath. What happens is it becomes this, if you have a very rainy climate, you get this, I don't even know how to describe, no grass, mud underneath, this unusable space. Yeah. And so what Eric's talking about is he took this space underneath the deck and made it into something that you could utilize. And there are ways to do this prior to what he's doing. I had it on mine, but it got all moldy and musty and nasty. So he's got this solution that prevents that from happening and you get usable deck space underneath
0: yeah which is awesome so one way trex has had this for a number of years they have a bladder system which is like a almost a rubber gutter that comes in between the floor joists and that collects the water and runs out off the end of the deck i don't like that because my house i have pine needles or fur needles that come off the trees and that was going to be a moldy nasty mess that i was going to have a hard time getting into clean There was no way I was going to keep that clean in there. It was going to be nasty. Just in one season, I would have had to get up in there somehow and clean all that out. And I'm like, I am, my gutters are hard enough. I'm not doing an 18 inch wide gutter, right?
1: There's two reasons I don't like that system. One is that I don't like the word bladder. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But no, I don't. And two, I don't like the fact that when you get this stuff that he's talking about that builds up in this track or any kind of catch system, it becomes a moldy mess and it actually elevates the mold so high that it infiltrates into your living space. So when I come in to test mold interior, you have a mold problem because of the deck, which is crazy. And people don't think about it. They think it's outside. They don't have to worry about it, but it does infiltrate your building envelope and you end up with mold growing inside the house and through the air.
0: I would guess with that system with a 10 by 20 deck, I could fill up a couple trash cans of just black gunk every year coming out of that thing. So I didn't want to deal with that. Nope, not doing it. So that's that's one way to do it. The way that I like that I did on mine and it's hoiled up well is a company called Dexer Dry, D-E-X-E-R-D-R-Y. And what out of Jersey. Yeah. What these guys are out of Jersey. And we've got a video on our on our uh YouTube page. I will post that up that I did here a few years ago when I was building mine. I'll post that up on our Facebook page here so you can take a look at it this weekend. But what it is is it is a kind of cross-shaped, almost T, but it's really a cross-shaped piece that goes in uh between the deck board So if you think of a composite deck board there's that groove down the side for you to use like hidden fasteners and things with it that lets Mm -hmm. you hold it down without having to put in a face fastener. What this does is this actually goes in and has splines and it pushes in and almost creates like from looking from the top, what would look like a grout line that seals off water from going around it. So when you're standing on top, you see block lines, which would be the normal space below it but it sealed it off. So you've got a watertight surface above. So there's no need for membranes, anything else. And even mine this last weekend, because it was a nasty winter with lots of rain. I got up there and just hit my uh, pressure washer with the wide tip, held it away, cleaned off my deck, and it slides into that. And I tell you what, it it looks amazing now. And it's held up for a couple of years already. And uh, it is the way to create that waterproof surface And I'll be honest, if you have a basement, I would recommend doing this and pushing, doing a little slight slope to the deck. And what it does is it pushes off the end of the deck. You're going to keep all that water from hitting the side of the the side of the basement. So this could um, also be a solution to basement waterproofing in areas where you are worried about having a lot of water in there. So it's an easy way to keep it clean. And you don't have to worry about any of that other, you know, junk getting in between the deck boards because it
1: blocks that. It keeps it out. It blocks it out. It's like a strip. It's almost like if you were to imagine like a weather stripping, except it's got a T yep. structure and, and Eric lays it right in between the board. Yep. So as you're assembling, right. And you explain, you have this compression tool that works. You kind of kind of compress the boards together yeah. to make it. It's kind like, of a board solid.
0: bender. They have their own that they have. That's really good. I was using the Stanley model, which worked good too. Uh, And then you just, you just push it together and tight and it works great. And uh, man, that was a solid system and uh, looks great. And it works really well. I I almost wish I would have done it on my lower deck and I didn't because I didn't think I needed it, but now when I'm going, well, I wasn't worried about it because there's on my lower deck, there's nothing underneath it. It's only, you know, 15, 14 inches off the ground. However, comma, it would be easier to clean if I had it in there because now I don't have the pine needles and stuff getting stuck between the deck boards and looking bad.
1: Well, underneath, I can get all you can get this musty smell that happens under under a lower deck, too. Do you have that screened yeah. off around it or can you see underneath your deck from outside?
0: I've got airflow that goes underneath it. So, yeah, yeah it's good. I got, I got airflow through there, so it's fine. So but I've done that on purpose. I wanted the air to go through there.
1: Yeah, you need to. Otherwise, it gets stagnant, and I think it would still be good on a lower deck as well because you don't want it to get swampy yeah. under there and nasty.
0: No, no, no. It's just it's it's just a great product to use, so it's one that uh, they're not an advertiser in the show at all. No. And they don't even know we're doing the show about this right now, but I tell you Dexer what, uh, it's a product, it's a product I'm happy with. Yep, DexerDry, D-E-X-E-R-D-R-Y.com. We'll put the link in the show notes on the podcast today. Now- Caroline, you've been looking at an interesting system, and we're going to have to go out to break here in a few minutes, but you've been looking at something for your house, which I thought was kind of interesting, which was using paver blocks on a second-level deck.
1: Yeah, and I saw some uh, pretty upscale home improvement people using this, and I thought, wow, this is cool. First off, I don't want to go with a wood structure, so I want to go with a steel base to my deck, mm-hmm. So I really want to, I don't want to use pressure treated lumber and we can talk about this coming out of the break, but the options for first off your structure of your deck, forget, forgetting your, you know, what, what you're going to put on the top part, but you've got to decide what you're going to use. So I like the steel. What do you think about that? Going with metal.
0: Steel framing. I think it's great as long as it's galvanized or, or something like that to hold up to it. Uh, I think it's a great option for a frame.
1: How about price point? You think it's going to be any, they're saying it can be pretty pricey, but Um, compared with
0: lumber prices today. um, Yeah. It's probably about the same as wood. Uh, Wood is starting to go down. Like we talked about in our midweek special here a week or two ago, it's starting to go back down again, but at our height of our, at our lumber pricing steel was right in there. So it wasn't that much more expensive as lumber prices get cheaper. It'll become more of a distance between those two, but uh, it's gotta be pretty close.
1: I'm looking at paver deck and that's what it's called paver deck because it's got this lifetime maintenance free and look, nothing's ever maintenance free. I don't agree with that, but they're saying you can get a good 40 to 50 years out of this system. If you use the steel framing with the pavers on top.
0: All right. Well, Hey, Carolyn, let's talk a little bit more about that and a few of the little details about decking that I think everybody should be considering when they're planning that deck. We'll do that just as soon as around the house returns.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Ari Camin from Steven Abel's band, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. and the beautiful Caroline.
0: Welcome back to the Around the House show, where we're talking in this last segment of this hour about decks today. And Caroline was talking about this paver deck product that's kind of cool. So it's steel framing, and uh, it's actually a steel system that you can put regular concrete pavers on or brick pavers on, which
1: is kind of cool. And you can do it from a total. So if you're doing it from a total new deck, right, you can go with the steel framing. But if you decide, hey, Mm -hmm. I just want to remodel the deck that I have, you can use the pressure treated lumber underneath, but then you've got to use these galvanized. I don't know. They kind of look like a little, uh, a, a pup tent you know like a triangle that stay, so yeah. you have to put them under so that when you do do the paver it doesn't rot out you don't get any kind of chemical reaction that happens between the pressure treated lumber and your tile and things that you're putting over
0: so yeah you got to be careful with that and i'll be honest that's where that's a product that i would probably not recommend for that because if you've got an old deck you could have problems where that galvanized is reacting to the old pressure treated That can be an issue. The other issue is is that when you put on all the weight of concrete pavers on an old deck, most likely that original deck was not rated for the weight of that steel and concrete system on top. So you're better off putting it on a whole brand new system. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to be re-engineering and rebuilding that old system, which could be a huge problem.
1: So they have three models. You can do paver deck complete for those who want to build a new deck. Using a complete steel structure on new footings, or you could do paver deck plank for those who want to upgrade their existing wood deck structure to increase its lifespan on its existing footings and finish with an outdoor porcelain tile. But I get your, I get your jam on that. That seems like it could be sketchy if it's not designed appropriately. And then paver deck plank. For those who want to build a new deck using a treated wood structure on new footings and finish it with stone concrete pavers or outdoor porcelain tile.
0: So kind of cool. The thing that I don't like about that personally for me is I don't like a hot deck surface because it makes it in the summertime less enjoyable when you're sitting outside and tile and concrete or pavers really tend to grab the heat and that's why on my deck, I actually went with the uh, moisture shield decking because it reflects heat. So it's a cooler surface. Mm-hmm. I like to be able to walk out in the summertime on bare feet on the deck. And if you've got full sun and it's 85 degrees and you're walking on hot concrete or you're walking on tile, it could be so hot that it's not comfortable. And uh, and especially if we've got pets, you got to be careful. It could be so hot Burns that feet. the pets could be burning the pads of their feet.
1: I think, too, color selection is key, too. Like, if you're going with a dark color, that's going to be hotter than, mm-hmm. say, a lighter tone. Now, yep. I have to say, I have a complete paver driveway, and it's quite large, and I, it's, it's a very light color. So I would call it, like, a blonde or a light tan. We play yeah. cornhole out on that all summer long, and it has never been a problem. But I do think it's got to be the color tone, and then also the ground is cooler, right, because of the fact that we're in a four-season exactly. climate
0: maybe a 60 degree, 60 degree heat. That's pulling that heat away. Right. Mm -hmm. When it's sitting up on a steel structure highlighted and it's a 90 degree day, the coolest thing out there is still 90 degrees. So you don't have that big Mm -hmm. heat pull out of it. So, uh, something to consider, you know, uh, something to think about. I like, I like something cool. And then the other thing I don't like about a concrete surface, and I know some people have run into this. I have, I don't like anything that soaks up oil. So if I'm cooking burgers oh, yeah, and steaks and I drip some drops down, <sighs> now it looks like you've got oil stains in the driveway, right? So that's the other thing that I don't like when I'm out there, you know, throwing steaks and burgers. I want to make sure that uh, if I do drip someplace and I don't have this big marked up area because the early tracks and the early composite decks didn't have that covering on the outside and all that oil around your barbecue would soak in. It just looked like crap and you couldn't get it out of there. And it just was oil drops everywhere. And it just looked bad. And I was like, oh, I don't like this stuff. And that's why they have the the vinyl caps that go around the composites now that uh, make it Cleanable. so you can just lean down to the rag and clean it up.
1: The thing that I that I was concerned, because I'm looking at the paver deck complete. So that would be a whole new system, is how to yeah. disseminate that water. So Eric and I are both key on getting rid of this water. And I'm thinking about these pavers and how they're porous and you've got tile so that would absorb some of the water and so how would you get rid of it would you have to pitch the deck so much that it runs off i don't know that'd be an interesting concept that has to be discussed talk
0: to those guys let's get them on the phone sometime and uh, maybe we'll drag them into into the show here and find out because a traditional a traditional paver system kind of But breeze a little bit, it lets the water go through, it comes down and around the pavers, and it's kind of a loose moving system in a way, even though it feels solid, water does soak down through it. So you've got to, you're depending on that galvanized beneath it to direct the water down a way that has gone through that. So that's another one of those things that I'd kind of go, huh. Like to see how that works because, quite frankly, I haven't studied enough Mm-mm. to see how that does
1: work. Now we're gonna have to check it out. It says the but, pavers are on dry, are dry, and laid on top of a filter fabric. What happens if a paver okay. cracks or becomes stained by accident? A field paver can be easily removed and replaced for little cost. So I guess you can pull yeah. this out.
0: We just put it. Yeah, you just gonna have extra pavers. You can pop them out and put them back in, but. So it sounds like they're not putting anything around the exterior of the pavers; they're just butted up to each other. Yeah. So it sounds like you're not putting in any kind of a, like a a, a sand around them to to lock them in together.
1: Seems like that. Interesting yeah, stuff. We're gonna check it out.
0: And now that we're kind of getting into deck building season, make sure it's a great time to walk around and inspect your existing deck right now. Take a look. Two things that happen this time of year. We see deck failures in the news and kids falling out of windows. And both of those can be 100% prevented with about a half hours worth of work. Yeah, make sure that flashing is done correctly. We talked about it a few weeks ago in our Walt Tamala episode. Now, one thing to do is uh, when you're walking around and doing that quick deck inspection, make sure that deck, that ledger board, which is what holds the framing to the house, right? If you walk up, that has to be bolted to the house. I want to see structural bolts, Mm -hmm. even structural big screws to the house. If that's held by just small screws or nails, don't put anybody up there on that deck until you have that fastened in with threads into the house. So I want to see a, a lag bolt. I want to see a structural large headed screw holding that in there. And I want to see that into every, every you know, 18 inches or so. I want to make sure that we've got a bolt or a fastener in that. Because many times when you see a deck failure, that's when that deck pulls away from the house and uh, collapses. And uh, it could be too many people on the deck, somebody thinking that they're going to put their brand new hot tub on a deck and did an engineer for it, mm-hmm. note to self for people out there, and all that. So, And then the other part that you see people getting hurt on decks is, is they haven't inspected the railing.
1: I was just going to say railings are huge. How many times I've leaned up against someone's deck and I felt the railing like kind of move. And I'm like, uh Oh, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing that.
0: If it's moving, all it takes is like four or five of my buddies sitting over there. And we got a beer in our hand. You're kind of leaning over a little bit over the railing. And now you got 600 pounds of force leaning up (laughs) against the thing. And you got five guys in the backyard. Right. So that's, that's not what you're looking for. And, uh, Make sure those things are solid, make sure they're fastened correctly, and uh, I want to see those bolted in as well. I do not want to see deck railings nailed into the side there. I want to see some some fasteners that are screwed together and a really good top plate that locks everything in. I had
1: a two-story deck that we took off, and when I tell you it was no flashing, the railings were just basically Nailed together pieces of two by four, two by six. I mean, it was like one of the old traditional decks. And then also the stairs, the treads, the spacing between the stairs now and the older ones, I mean, a child could easily fall through. So if you've got one of these older decks that were put on in like, you know, the 80s, the 90s, you really need to reevaluate it. It's not safe. They just didn't have the the wherewithal to know that there were certain things that we had to do back then for decking. So you might want to think about redoing it and seeing what your options are for safety.
0: And the average lifespan of a deck. If you put up a new deck 15 years ago, you have now reached end of life for that deck. So you need to be careful, because that is when you hit the last little limit of that, and uh, it's time to really start thinking about maybe putting another one together. That's
1: not long, unless you've 15. done some
0: things to do it. It's not long. Fifteen
1: years yeah. is not a long time. So. And and it's expensive. It's not,
0: Caroline, I hear that music in the back. Uh-oh. It is expensive. You know what time it is? I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. House.